Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, we've got the VP of Brand Management at QE Home. Please give a warm welcome to Miss Christina Shu. Christina, nice to be with us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, this is my first time on a podcast, so I really appreciate the opportunity and apologies ahead of time if I ramble a little bit here and there. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm honored to have you uh, as as your your first podcast interviewee. Now, uh, curious to learn before the show, you just tell me, you know, hey, look, I'm I'm in a family business. Some would say I've been at this company my entire life. I'd love to learn a little bit more about the origin story with QE Homes. Uh, the origin story of QE Home. Well, <laughs> QE Home uh, was started by my father and his business partner in 1992, uh, right here in Vancouver, Canada. And honestly, both of them were economics professors. They kind of hit it off and wanted to just try something out. Uh, and frankly, we're a little bit lucky. I mean, they sort of came across this category. They tried a few things and this one really stuck. Uh, for them, I think they were kind of lucky they were teaching at the same time, so they didn't really rely on this business to bring them their main source of income, and they just let it grow naturally, and the product was right. People all need to sleep, and it uh, flourished into what is now Canada's largest specialty bedding retailer, um, and yeah, I think, you know, growing up with uh, nine pillows on my bed, <laughs> um, is uh you know pretty unique experience but certainly i've been lucky to have very good sleep my whole life <laughs> so far i love the story now i'd love to go into the model a little bit like the the social innovation aspect of this i mean the the special when you say specialty bedding and and um that the kind of products that you deliver there is something that's different about them you know and, and to my knowledge it's either environmentally friendly or it's better for one's skin when they sleep, something along the lines of that. Tell me a little mm -hmm. bit more about the innovation that uh, QE Homes is coming up with. You know, there's, a, I, I gotta say, there's a really interesting phenomenon where people love to add an S at the end of QE oh, Homes. excuse me, home. <laughs> I don't know. I I've honestly need to do some, like a, a research a research on this. Everyone loves to add an S, but it is QE Home. It was formerly Quilts, et cetera, when, um, uh, my father and his business partner started it. Um, you know, we're specialty in that we really focus on bedding. We're not a big box store that has everything in the home. Bedding is our expertise. Um, I think, you know, for us, we really, really lead with uh, customer first, uh, people first, and customer service is so critical for us. That's been something that's been part of this business from day one. Um, you know, for us, sleep is such uh, an intimate part of people's lives. It's a combination of both, you know, physical comfort and emotional, mental wellness. Uh, we want to help people create spaces that they feel 
like they want to be in, they want to go to bed, they enjoy that space. So um, in our stores, we're really, we really prioritize engaging the customer in building a bed. Mm. Um, we have a lot of options. We're not, you know, of the ethos that one size fits all for people when it comes to comfort. Uh, so we have all these different kinds of pillows with different fills, different, you know, shapes, duvets that suit different allergy, you know, requirements, uh, different temperature requirements. Um, and then we have a lot of different styles and textures for our duvet covers, our sheets. And when the customer comes into one of our stores, our staff are trained to, we call them sleep stylists, uh, trained to really ask the customer a lot of questions about their needs and then hmm. build a bed look together from, you know, head to toe from ground up. Um, and so that's a really, I think, interactive, engaging and unique experience in our stores. And that's why we feel like we're sort of the experts. Um, it's our specialty. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and interesting, like, I'm just interested to learn, like, how is the, like, how is, how are the leaders in the organization, like thinking about um, maybe shifting to meet this new paradigm of customization, tailorization, delivery, um, making sure that it's, it's healthy for their skin, like all those different things. Like how is the leadership thinking about the, the direction of the company right now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, I think from day one, that's been important. Like we've wanted to create tailored experiences for each of our customers in stores in recent years. And especially during COVID, uh, <laughs> right before I joined, um, uh, you know, we had to become an e-commerce company overnight and uh, closing all our stores and trying to translate that experience online has been sort of the, the, the greater challenge, I think, in, in recent years. Um, but for us, you know, it's still making sure that we offer as much product knowledge as possible. Um, the content that we're putting out, you know, we have our, a big in-house content team and we want to make sure that customers understand exactly how a fabric can feel whether it's video or like really accurate description mm -hmm. um because people love coming into our stores and touching things you can just see people just running their hands uh -oh. over the walls <laughs> all day in our stores um so building out a lot of content and then just having um like so much availability of customer service even online online you can book uh like a consultation with us and one of our uh, sleep stylists will give you a call a zoom call and run you through that whole consultation experience um so that's how we've been trying to tackle that <laughs> um yeah from a leadership perspective i think for you know how we make sure our organization is on top of that is um we really value making sure people go to the stores spend time in the stores watch customers talk to our frontline staff they're the ones that know everything um and i think that is like that's just been very invaluable and something that's been ingrained in us like since day one i i'd love to go into like the disruption like the innovation you had to make in 2020 and but but i'm also like more curious like what do you think has driven the most growth in, in your organization? Has it just been like customer referrals? Has it just been this online presence? Has it just been, uh, you know, select locations that you've, you know, 
uh, popped up around Canada. Like, what do you think has driven the most growth uh, for for QE? Yeah, um, that's there's a lot of things. I think you know, for the better part of maybe 20 years, when my dad and um, his business partner were running things, I think their philosophy was to make sure to get into really good malls and get really good locations in good malls. And then the traffic is naturally there. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a different story in the US, but in Canada, there's still very much a lot of people just hanging out (laughs) in the mall, especially in sort of regional cities. And that's been really reliable for us for for a long time and just continuing to have geographic expansion. Um, But during COVID, I think we really benefited, unfortunately, uh, benefited from, you know, people really wanting to make their homes more comfortable. And we sell a, a higher quality, more sustainable, more luxury, more, you know, premium product. And people were, you know, treating themselves, making their homes nicer, and they really gravitated towards us. So we we definitely experienced a good amount of uh, growth, especially online, in the last few years. And our customers are very, very loyal. So we see, you know, parents come buy. We see parents buying, you know, bedding for their children, and then um, their children grow up, move out, and they they come to us. So. Um, because we know our product is good, our service is good, word of mouth, customer referrals, that's been a sort of a no-brainer for us. And these this last sort of couple of years, I think with me coming back to the company in the capacity of uh, VP brand management, it's about really helping to define exactly our brand and be able to do a little bit more marketing just so that even more people who are not walking through the malls can can find out about us. I'm sure it was like a, uh, a like a just ton of effort, a ton of communication, and um, just really hands-on work to kind of get this shift going. Looking back now, almost, geez, what is it, almost four years later now? Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, like, what do you think were some of the key like successes that went well for you during that digital transformation transformation to online sales when people couldn't come into? the stores and and try out some uh, the bed the sheets and, and all the things people like um i think from an internal perspective we are quite a flat organization and we are very agile um the fact that despite us being you know a 30 plus year old company um you know we could adapt and quickly you know, get hands on deck to turn into a web company, sort of an e-commerce company overnight was really, really critical. Um, I have to attribute, a like, I have to give a lot of credibility to the culture that's been created at this company. Um, you know, all of our staff were ready to help out wherever needed, despite the fact that we had to close all our stores. Um, we had almost 100% of our staff return after our store staff return after we reopened. Um, And I think that just shows also the dedication um, to the company. So with, you know, our staff out there, we're helping them through, you know, the the period of store closures, but them still, you know, being brand ambassadors uh, and still, you know, 
helping with word of mouth and telling their friends in their Facebook groups, the mommy Facebook groups, those are <laughs> the moms in the Facebook groups are like our, our champions for sure. Um, you know, I think that really, really was critical throughout COVID. I love that. And, and you know, moms, they make like, it was like 80% of the decisions, like in terms of spending for the <laughs> yeah. homes. So um, great, great opportunity there. Now, uh, how, you talked about the culture and like this re resilient culture that you uh, are giving a lot of credit to that's been built over 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. How how do, how do you get like a temperature check for your culture? Like, how do you know when the culture of the organization is thriving as opposed to maybe when it's lacking? Um, I think for us, we have so much communication. Um, we really rely on that. Um, we, like I said, are constantly visiting our stores, uh, senior execs too, like our VP of store operations, she is in stores more than half the time, I want to say. Um, and so just talking to the uh, front line, we also have an internal like social media <laughs> platform, basically. Um, so there's open communication. Anybody from any store, any sales associate can email me directly or message me directly on the platform. And wow. I think we've just built up uh, a understanding that we rely so much on our frontline staff to give us feedback, tell us what's working, what's not. And so there's that sort of there's a candor that's already kind of uh, accepted in this culture and um, they'll tell you when they're unhappy or something, but that, that just makes us all the more better for it. Um, and then I think from a sort of a measurement standpoint, like our customer, uh, no, sorry, not a customer, our staff retention rate is just, is very good. <laughs> so we're not too concerned. Well, I'd love to go into that a little bit more, uh, Christina, like uh, how would you describe the leadership in your organization? I think our leadership is, it doesn't feel like leadership. Um, you know, I think when I visit stores, they get a sense that we're, we don't, they, they tell us that they don't feel like the leaders are above them. <clears throat> you know, when I go into stores, all I'm doing is asking questions and listening. I don't pretend that I'm a super salesperson. You know, they are our superstars. And <clears throat> you have to come from a place of um, humility, I think, and just understanding who's actually driving the business. Um, and I think with that mentality, that, that mentality is spread across all of our leadership. Um, yeah. I like but that. I <laughs> like, yeah, like servant leadership, uh, you're listening, you're actively listening. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the sense of humility, I think goes a long way, creates this, again, this, this level playing field, yeah. uh, which is so crucial, uh, for collaboration. Um, uh, another question I'd just be curious about Christina, um, just like in, in your, like, be it that this is like a family organization, like what, what has that dynamic been like now when rejoining, uh, this company with like mom and dad, like, has it changed at all? <laughs> Has it been a little bit more, um, I guess, structured at all in terms of communication? Uh, any insights you could share with us? Yeah, no, I think, I think in classic fashion, I was a bit reluctant to join the family business growing up. Family business was always sort of 
at the dinner table. And that was not something I sort of understood or appreciated <laughs> as a teenager. Um, but you know, throughout my education, I think I really started to grow an appreciation for exactly what was built here. And in doing my MBA several years ago, I, I started to realize that, you know, this company has amazing bones. And so coming back, I think I'm learning more and more that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in that my dad and uh, his business partner, they're professors, they were professors first. And they have a, a real sort of attitude of passing on knowledge and patience uh, and nurturing of, of human talent. And that's something that I've, I've tried to carry on for sure. Um, I think, you know, certainly there's going to be little, a little bit of headbutting here and there, but um, in the same way that I talked about the candor in, in this company, I think that comes naturally with family. You're able to be able to speak a little bit more openly about things and um, actually get to get to the, the finer details and, you know, um, get to the root of problems. Um, I also just think there's a lot of benefits um, from a family business that maybe kind of get overlooked sometimes. I think, you know, um, for me, for a family business, I feel like there's just a natural continuance of mission and values um, that sometimes maybe doesn't happen in a company where the CEO is switched out every few years, right? There's a, a natural sort of uh, a commitment and dedication to like stewarding the, the business for the long term. Um, and so everything we do is quite farsighted instead of sort of short-term thinking. And I think that the company has really benefited from that. Great market leadership. And that's really the last question I want to ask you on the program today, Christina, <laughs> is what is your definition of a real leader? Um, so this is the one question I had a little bit of time to think about. <laughs> And I honestly think that um, I, I I heard about a, um, I guess, a fr framework uh, recently. I learned about it and I, I feel like it sums it up nicely, puts it nicely on a on a platter. And, um, you know, business people, we love our letters. So it, it's three C's. Um, so the first C is is character. So I, I really feel like you need to start with clear values. Um Maybe I don't agree with someone's values, but as long as they have strong, clear values, they can have a you know a following. Um, and then the second C is competencies. So I do think to be able to execute on your values and your vision, you need to have certain skills, people skills, uh, business skills, and then uh, commitment is the third C. And I think that comes naturally with the family business, but um, certainly, you know, you don't want to be a flash in the pan. You want to you want to walk the walk and um, showing that you're dedicated to seeing through your ideas and seeing through your problems uh, is pretty integral, I think, to leadership. Well, <laughs> yeah. well said, Christina. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the program today and, and just sharing a bit of insights uh, with us about uh, QE Home. Uh, for Christina Shu, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, um, show some character, be competent, commit, committed, and always keep it real. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> Thank you so much.
Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Relators.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.